Hello, good evening, welcome to Long Talks episode 5 of the podcast. Uh, my name is Jason, and uh, as usual, I'm joined by my cohorts, Alvin and Richard. Uh, Alvin, say what's up. What's up, peeps? Richard, say what's up, man. What's up, man? <laughs> so, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the DCEU. Um, for those of you that don't know what that means, we'll go into a bit of that to explain kind of what it, it is. But I'm guessing most of you who are watching this video have probably already seen uh, the movie Suicide Squad, so we'll go into a bit of that. We'll go into a bit of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice um, and the uh, extended edition as well. Uh, and we'll talk about the future movies and where we think the, the whole franchise is, is going from here. Um, first off, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, I wanted to uh, quickly let you guys know about something that a friend of mine, uh, Cheryl, is involved in. Uh, she's known as Cheryl Brew. Some of you might know her from uh, her days on the radio. Uh, she's actually got a new website up that's uh, running at the moment called tintedblue.com. Um, it's a really interesting venture that she's uh, involved in at the moment. Um, what they do is they talk about sex, they talk about relationships, they talk about love, they talk about all of the kind of things that we need, you know, and us geeks, we need love and sex too, you know. So there's no reason why we can't talk about these things openly and as, as adults. Um, so why don't you head over to her page? Uh, her page is tintedblue.com, and that's blue as in B-L-U, so no E on the end. So tintedblue.com, if you head over to there. Uh, you're guaranteed to get some uh, good sex advice from my girl Cheryl. Cheryl, what's up? Alright, um, guys, well, it's good to have you around again. Um, let's get this thing kicking off now. Uh, first of all, we, we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, if there's anything that we've been watching or absorbing over the last kind of two weeks since we recorded. It is two weeks, right? Yeah, two weeks, yeah. Cool, cool. So, um, has anybody been into anything? Rich, I know you, there was a few things that you, you wanted to chat about uh, before we began. So uh, if you want to take the lead, bro, take the lead and we'll follow. Uh, yeah, I just want to give a, a shout out to Cheryl as well. What's happening, man? Haven't seen you for years. Hope you're good. Um, but we still chat. Every anyway, yeah, well done, Cheryl. Um, yeah, okay, basically, the first things first. I mean, what's the main thing that's popped, on my, popped up on our radar since the last time we recorded? The, the Luke Cage trailer? That's popped up, like not the teaser trailer, but like the proper trailer. I mean, that that was something that really, really caught my eye, and um, yeah, man, I, I just loved it. I mean, like you know, I'm not even gonna hug that trailer. So when like when I've done my piece, you've done your piece, and Alvin's done his piece, we can wax lyrical about it together if you want, because I, I feel a bit greedy just keeping it all to myself. That big hunk of a chocolate man screen, man, that's just bonkers. Um, also, the other thing was, did did you guys hear about bloody what's it, Ocean's Eight? There's meant to be like a female spin-off of the Ocean's Eleven film. Yeah, I've heard about that. That's been in development for a little bit. That. A little, little, where have I been? I don't understand. Like, I, I don't know. I, I saw. I mean, I don't. I actually don't mind it. it. It is what it is. Like the idea behind it. But then I saw the cast, and I saw that Rihanna's gonna be in it. And like, I was like, no, like how, like, like don't, don't, don't be, don't be greedy. Don't wanna be a fireman and a policeman. And the soldier, like, <laughs> sing. <laughs> Don't decide you want to be an actor as well. Only a few people have managed to pull it off. And, like, you know, one of them being Will Smith and, like, or, and then, you know, quote unquote, Ice Cube. But, uh, we'll, you know, the debate is for that. 
no, I don't laugh, man. <laughs> like, so, I mean, I mean, those are the two things uh, that I mean that that caught my eye this week. And um, obviously, like my usual pickup of comic books, I I got the latest issue of Black Panther, which is issue five, and the uh, the run on that is just is just amazing, man. Like it's it's just such such beautiful writing. Um, and uh, and and yeah, and I mean that's it, man. That's that's all I've got to report news-wise this week. Well, yeah, for this week. Cool. Well, as far as Luke Cage is concerned, that's a whole hunk of chocolate man right there, so everybody can get peace, man. So you don't have to feel pity <laughs> about that. There'll be plenty left over for me, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw that official trailer too. It was a um, really good trailer. Uh, it gave a lot more uh, of a sense of the story, whereas I think the, um, the Comic-Con trailer was really just kind of to showcase what um, the character can do and kind of what they're, they're doing aesthetically with... Uh, the series, but this one had a lot more meat in it, and um, yeah, it was good. It was good to see, like, kind of the uh, the type of characters that are going to be in it, um, the visual look that they've gone for um, from a storytelling point of view, how they're kind of going for things, and I love the, the little Luke Cage Easter eggs as well, so yeah, that was very, very cool. Um, <clears throat> I haven't caught up with Black Panther since uh, issue one, um, so I'm way behind on that. But that's definitely something that I need to uh, catch up on real, real quick. Um, Alf, was there anything you wanted to uh, add or anything that you'd noticed or anything notable in the week? Uh, uh, well, the only thing that stuck out to me uh, was something that we all saw pretty much coming, which is that Ghostbusters, the reboot, probably isn't getting a sequel because it's made a $70 million loss. Oh, I saw this story mentioned online as well. I mean, yeah, from what I read... Um, from what they were saying, it's it's unlikely, but it's not necessarily off the table because there is um, other streams of income that they mm. can factor in, like the merchandising and things like that that haven't been uh, accounted for yet. Um, but yeah, it's 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 the kind of thing that happens, isn't it? I mean, you roll the dice with um, a franchise like that, and it can go one of two ways: it can either be a hit or it can be a miss. As We'll, you know, no doubt talk about when we're talking about the DCEU. Um, you know, they, they, it can go one of either way. So you kind of take your risks with it and and hope that something profitable comes out at the other end from you know from a studio point of view, I guess. But um, sorry, yeah, I was just going to go back to Richard's uh, point. You mentioned the Ocean's Eight movie. Um, yeah, as Alvin said that. That had been in development for quite some time. Um, it looks like only now it's it's starting to pick up steam, really. Um, but I'm still waiting for like the Expendables movie because that that's really like the the kind of female um, driven action movie I wanted to see was the Expendables because I remember when they were talking about that years ago. Um, and I wanted I want to see that you know I want to see that that movie. Um, what happened to that? I I don't know. I guess that's anybody's kind of guess as to what's going on with that and where it's, it's going and, and what they're going to do with the cast. And and then I guess the, the part of the problem is um, if Ghostbusters doesn't, turns out to, to not be profitable from the studio point of view, then as far as studio executives are going to be concerned, um, they're going to lose a lot of faith in, in anything that they see uh, female-driven. Um, mm-hmm. And they're going but to start... Um, you know, there's 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 no money in this this kind of market, so maybe we just cut back on on the projects that we're doing. Um, but is that true though? Because if you think about like Resident Evil, 
think about how many Resident Evil films they're doing. And there's mm. a new one coming out. They've all had yeah. female leads, and that's been from time ago. So it's like, it, I mean, do, do they think it's a failure, or is it just the fact that they just need to uh, kind of, well, do better projects? Well, I think it's... I, I think it's um, it can be. I mean, Resident Evil, in, in some ways, is really an anomaly because, although it's not quite an anomaly, because from what I understand, the Resident Evil movies don't cost a lot of money to make at all. Like they they cost, in the relative scheme of of big budget movies, they're very very cheap to make. Um, so turning a profit on on something like Resident Evil isn't difficult to do. Um, well, you know, it's always difficult, but. Um, it's easier than say investing, you know, 170 million odd in in another type of project, and and then needing that film to uh, to make bank really to, to to be profitable. So, yeah, I mean, the in terms of the quality issue, I mean, that's a a, a whole different debate as to whether people do or, or don't think that the quality of the product they're putting out is good. Um, but yeah, just purely from a kind of profit. Margin and, and a business point of view, um, yeah. If Ghostbusters does tank, then it, it may make some studios a bit a bit reticent. Um, some of those, I think, are, are there are some that you know are exceptions. Like I think Marvel studios probably are, are going to stick with Captain Marvel. They've they've you know they've been they're generally quite confident about their properties anyway. Once they decide yeah. to go um, ahead with them, apart from one. Um, you know, they tend to, to stick with what they're doing. So, yeah, I guess only time will tell, really, and we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But, um, gents, shall we get into the meat and veg of tonight's podcast, yeah? Totally, yeah. Let's do it. Cool. All right. So, as you all know, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, um, tonight we're going to be talking uh, about the DCEU. Um, the DCEU, for those of you that don't know, um, is basically a project that uh, the movie studio Warner Brothers are, are working on. They own uh, the rights to certain DC comic book characters. Um, now, when we say DC comic book characters, we're talking about Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, Flash, Wonder Woman, um, those kind of characters that, that you might be familiar with. Um, they basically own the... the the production rights to those characters and they've decided that that is Warner Brothers have decided to they are going to follow a very similar business model to what Marvel Studios have been doing the Marvel Studios you should all be familiar with by now they're the people who are behind the Avengers um, Hulk Captain America movies uh, they'll be involved in a, a Spider-Man movie that's coming out Black Panther um, all of the kind of things that uh, you would know over the last couple of years that have been out in cinemas have all been produced by Marvel Studios. Um, and Marvel Studios' idea has been to take all of these properties that they own and to have the characters from each of these films intersect and, and turn up in each other's movies, um, to have one like overarching story arc that, that starts off with one particular film and then ends with another particular film. Um, and so that they've got the, the creative freedom to, to kind of pursue the, these different angles. Um, so for Warner Brothers, with their DC Comics properties, that's essentially what they're trying to do too. They, they want to kind of create um, a cinematic universe, so to speak, um, and then populate that with as, as many of the characters that they have um, available to them as possible. 
um, with a view to kind of having lots of different spin-off movies for different characters and, and, and so on and so forth. So, um, as I mentioned before, at the top of the show, um, one of the most recent entries in, in the DCEU was Suicide Squad. Um, we've all seen it here, and I'm sure a few of you have, have been to see it as well. Um, gents, let's start off talking about quickly what you thought of, of Suicide Squad. I know, Rich, you've done a, a really good um, bite-sized review uh, for our YouTube channel. So if you are watching this on YouTube, make sure you check out our bite-sized reviews. Um, Rich has done a couple, and they're both brilliant. Um, but yeah, let's start off talking about uh, Suicide Squad. So what did you think of it, guys? Um, Alvin, we'll start with you. I liked it, man. Like literally, when I saw the reviews coming out saying that it was a mess and all this, and Fantastic Four was better than it, and all and stuff like that, I was like, nah, surely not. So I kind of, I didn't, I didn't go in like with low expectations. I just, I just kind of went in going, they could be wrong possibly because trailers and all that, all the advertising material looked good to me. Then I went in, watched it, and and I was pleased with how it went because I like I'm. I'm familiar with the with the comics, the new 52 version. So, what I saw on the screen was what the comics have been like since like 2011 when they did the new 52. So I was cool with it. It was a bit it was a bit weird in places. It was them on a mission at night. They're at this point. They need to get to that point, and it's the journey along the way. Things happen, and then that's it. Yeah, there were probably like one or two things in there that I was a bit like, okay, that's a bit weak. But like the characterizations was good, the acting was good. I liked Leto's Joker. I, I liked the film. I'll probably end up buying it on uh, on Blu-ray as well. But now a good a good all-round flick. Like well, I, I don't understand as to what how you can like hate it and say it's the worst film of the year. I don't get it. Cool, cool. Um, Rich, did you want to follow up on that? Um, I know I said you you did a really good bite-sized review, but um, if you wanted to just expand on that briefly as well, um, yeah, just add your thoughts in. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I basically summed up in 60 seconds. I think it's it's one of those uh, guilty pleasure films. Um, did we get what we were promised from the trailers? No. The first 20 minutes of the film we were, um, and then it kind of goes into just like you know just normal, you know, just a normal run of the mill action, dirty dozen type of formula type of film. Uh, I like Jar- I like Jared Leto's Joker as well. I like that is it. I like that he brought something different. Like that's the thing about the, the Joker as a character. Every every time he's come on screen, whether it be like you know from the 1960s season Romero or R- Romeo, or whatever his surname was, sorry, um, no disrespect, uh, all the way to like Heath Ledger's one, they've all come with their own little different take on him. So I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, it's definitely the type of thing that I would, I would you know, not definitely. I mean, I would buy it on DVD or Blu-ray. Um, would I go back to the cinema to see it? I don't think I would. I'm happy I saw it in the cinema. I'm happy that I went to the cinema. Um, if I didn't see it there, I wouldn't have been upset, really, to tell the truth. Um, it's so far the, the strongest film in the DC universe. For oh, yeah. And, and, I, and I personally think that... Well, I mean, I mean like, I've, I've got a few thoughts in where I think it, it fits in the universe, like, franchise-wise and what they could have done with it film-wise. Like, we can touch upon that later on. But... um. All in all, I, 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 it was a decent movie. It's, it's, a, it's a Channel 5 film or a popping DVD in the background if your boys come round and it's playing in the background and you don't have to pay attention to it unless it's like a piece of action happening. It gets the job done. So, yeah, that's that's me. Cool, cool. Thank you, bro. Um, for me, I mean, I was really... 
the more I, I, I kind of think about it, the more I, I came away kind of disappointed by it. Um, there was things that I really loved about it. Um, most of the characters in the movie are really good. Um, the characterizations and the performances of the actors and the way that they interact with each other, um, all of that is really, really strong. Um, so there, there definitely is um, like a real chemistry between um, each of the characters and, and kind of how they work. Uh, I'm not going to get into like a full-blown review because I've written a review, you've done the, the black size review, so I don't think we really need to get into a review kind of thing. Um, but for me as a whole, yeah, I think it did disappoint me because I think um, when I think about it, the, the trailers kind of gave me one thing and then the movie turned out to be something else. Um, maybe I approached it with way too many expectations because I am uh, a real fan of the Suicide Squad, in particular um, the 80s iteration by uh, John Ashtrander. Um, his books really are, are, are quite dark but, but darkly funny um, and there's a real element of uh, that kind of uh, camaraderie between them. You know, the, the, the idea of honour amongst thieves and, and, and things like that is, is very prevalent in, in Ostrander's stuff. Um, I haven't read too much of the New 52 stuff because uh, I just didn't like what they did with Amanda Waller. I, I couldn't abide by it really <laughs> because I was just like, this this is not Amanda Waller. Like, the wall should be, you know, a fucking wall. That's why she's called the wall. She's, you know, not only is she um, imposing from a personality point of view, but that she's physically imposing. Um, that said, uh, I actually thought Viola Davis's Amanda Waller was brilliant, um, and you know she what she lacked in in physical stature, she sure as hell made up for in in the way she portrayed uh, portrayed the character. So, yeah, I was definitely not disappointed by her. And as, and as I said, in general, for all of the characters, I really liked them. Um, I felt it was more kind of story elements that that let the movie down for me. Um, but we'll get into that because it seems like there are reasons as to why that happened. Um, cool, so we all kind of know like how we feel about the, the movie and stuff. Um, in terms of DCEU, I think, yeah, definitely I'd agree with the both of you in that it's obviously the best one that that is out. Um, well, I say obviously, but then there are going to be lots of people who disagree. Um, <laughs> but um, for me, you know, it's it's... For me personally, it's clearly one of the, the, the best movies that they've put out so far. Um, so we can only hope that they go on and build on this. Um, now jumping back in time a little bit, viewers, um, we're going to go back to where the DCEU started. Um, so that's going to take us back to 2013 uh, and a movie that you're probably all familiar with. It's called Man of Steel. Uh, it was directed by Zack Snyder. Um, and it was the way in, in which they introduced uh, the... You right there, Rich? Yeah, it's like Zach, my boy. Zach Snyder, oh. my boy. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, I thought a DC fanatic had tried to jump you in your bedroom, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, Man of Steel. So that was kind of the first official uh, entry, if you will, into the um, DC uh, expanded universe in terms of their, their movies. Um, gents, I'll start with you, Rich, because, yeah, I've got a lot of strong feelings about Man of Steel. Um, Rich, what did you make of Man of Steel? Did you think it was a good jumping off point for the, the DCEU? 
Um, and did you enjoy the movie as a whole? Listen, you know, listen, don't even try those ones. You know how I felt about Man of Steel. <laughs> like, okay, listen, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm going to break it down to this, right? Now, I'm a fan of Zack Snyder. You know when they say that thing, you only had one job to do? All Zack Snyder, like, when I heard he was making it, I just thought to myself, oh my god, like, he's going to make a film like 300, but with people that can fly. And I was like, Fuck yeah! <laughs> like, like, like that, that's gonna be awesome. That's gonna blow my mind. And then it's gonna be a good story as well. Like, cause I just assumed somebody good was gonna write it. Like, and then I realized it was good. David. I did David Goyer write this? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. He was part of the story team. Yeah. Yeah, part of the story team. He probably there's no story team if David Goyer's writing it. Let me tell you that. Like, if David Goyer's in the, the team, he's probably writing the whole thing himself, right? Um, and then I, and I was like, I, I went to go see it in the cinema. Didn't see it in 3D because um, the tickets, because of my uncle booked it and he wears glasses. Um, thanks, Uncle Charles. And then uh, we actually got to the cinema late. And um, so we actually missed the part when um, the whole, you know, beginning when it's Krypton. And uh, and then got to the end of the film and, and walked out and was not inspired in the slightest. Like, I mean, I've watched it once in, in you know, from beginning to end since then. And um, every time when I've tried to watch it since then, I, I can't finish the film. Like there's certain, you know, like, like you know, let's let's call it the, the Zack Snyder, the Zack Snyder way. He he has that thing where he he will make something, you know, from, you know, from X for X amount of time, and but there'll only be the particular point in that film that are worth watching. And Superman, I mean, sorry, and Man of Steel, I mean, that's probably easily the worst thing he's he's made for me personally. Nope, tell a lie. The next one that comes after that is worse. <laughs> 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 I was jumping the gun, there, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not a fan of it. I, th- I think it missed, what it missed on the, the two main things are the, is the action, right? The action, and then the plausibility of bringing in this type of villain from for Superman so early in his career, and then Superman pulling it off. So there was there was those two things, and then the main thing of what made the original Superman film. In my opinion, what is the the best superhero film ever made? Because from that point on, it set the the standard and the formula for all superhero films to come um, after that. Is that Man of Steel had no heart? It tried to give heart, but but it didn't. Like but it but it, like, it just it kept it missed it. Like we don't want to see a moping walking around like you know, uh, I'm I'm special. Uh, I could be like the next coming Messiah, Jesus Christ, Superman. We don't want that. We we re- we really don't like. You know, DC is, is dark enough as it is, and Superman is meant to be that shining light beacon character in the DC universe. That's the reason why he, he leads the majority of the time. And what we're given was just like a. We, we were get, well, you guys know I'm not a fan of The Force Awakens. We were given a Kylo Ren Superman. That's my <laughs> But hey, but uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it, it failed on, on, on many, many points for, for me. But, um, but yeah. Well, I mean. Blade, where, where do you go from there? Um, <laughs> from my point of view, it's like, well... Uh, I mean, you pretty much hit the, the nail on the head. The film is, um, you know, it, it, it's spectacular to look at, but it's so dour and, and po-faced and serious all the time, and Superman just isn't... As you said, Richie, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I, I can't even add to that. He's he's not inspirational at all. And um, yes, you know, I 
I know that characters should be allowed to be reinvented, and you know that that's that's cool. You know that it happens all the time in comic books. It happens all the time in novels. It happens all the time in stories. You know, characters go on different arcs. They grow. They change, and you know that that all of that kind of thing is fine. Um, when you are taking the time to kind of build your character up and then showing that this happens and that happens and therefore they've changed or, or whatever. But when you've got someone like Superman that everybody kind of knows, and I mean everybody knows Superman, pretty much everybody on the planet knows who Superman is and has some kind of idea. If you said to them, who is Superman? They'd say, oh yeah, you know, uh, probably something about his cape and truth, justice in the American way, you, you know. All of those kind of things, that, that all of that sort of imagery and, and, and ideas that the character invokes. And it's like Man of Steel said, yeah, no, we're not doing any of that. <laughs> Instead, we're going to turn Superman into, you know, a whiny little git who is not very likable, um, is going to spend most of the film moping about his place within the universe. Um, we're going to get Jesus iconography shoved down our throat constantly. Um, and then on top of all of that, as you said, you're going to ha hand him to a villain that, frankly, on paper, he's completely outmatched against, and yet somehow he's going to get the better of him, well, because he's Superman. And it's just like, you know, that that, that doesn't work for, for me at all, at all. Um, you know, some of my favourite Superman comic books are, are ones where he is... not preachy, um, but certainly kind of is clear about his standing and, and what he is about and again yeah I get Man of Steel is, is starting from the beginning so he's still kind of deciding what is the right thing to do and you know he's got two different dads who, are, who it, it is, must be conflicted for you anyway when you've got two dads and two different sets of ideologies to, to learn from them um, but it just you know the, the whole film just didn't it just didn't work it just didn't work at all. <laughs> I mean, we won't even get into the bloody controversy because, again, then we'll have a bunch of rabid DC fans after us, but we won't get into the controversy of what he did at the end of the film um, or the the amount of collateral damage that they racked up um, needlessly at the end of the movie. and Just, yeah, all of that stuff. <laughs> we'll just have to skim over before we have, um, yeah, the, the DC posse ride into our doors with... Um, Porches and pitchforks. Um, Alvin, do you have anything um, positive to say about Man of Steel? <laughs> well, I did like the beginning. Uh, I, when I saw the movie, and like, you know, at the beginning with Jarrell, and he jumped onto that bird and all that business, that pterodactyl looking thing, all that Krypton stuff was, was pretty cool. And the introduction of the Codex, and you know, no one on Krypton is born of natural birth. Everyone's kind of like kind of generated at this like kind of birthing room and, and all that kind of business. I thought I thought that was all like really interesting stuff. I thought they were gonna do something really interesting with that concept. Uh, and then the rest of the film happened and then it wasn't that interesting. The only other bits I really enjoyed um, the the world building uh, machine uh, when Superman smashes through that. It's not that I enjoyed the bit but there was a subliminal message in there where you can see Christopher Reeve's face uh, for like a second. And I remember seeing that moment in the cinema and thinking of the original Superman movies and how much better they were than this. And and then, yeah, that, those are the only positive points for me for that film. I mean, apart from the fact that it, it is filmed in a brilliant kind of way, um, but other than that, 
no, no. I, I, I watched it earlier this year and I was just like, uh, uh. everything you guys have said has literally been on point. It's like I don't even need to say anything else really apart from that. Hold on, Alvin. So what? They they literally put Christopher Reeves' face in it. What CGI? Or you just like you just? Yeah. Did you not notice that? Did did you not see? Did if you, you go online and look at the gif. Yeah, I've never watched the film properly. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Well, if you if you go online, yeah, and you can even like search for a gif, and you'll see it. And it's Henry Cavill. He's got his face tilted upwards. It's when he's like yeah. generating all his power so he can smash through it. While that's happening, his his face kind of warps a little bit, and yeah. you'll see it change to like Christopher Reeve for a second. And then change back, it, and it because when I was watching it in cinema, I didn't notice it, and then I just started thinking about that those old films for some reason. And then when I went online yeah. and saw like article saying, "Oh, Christopher Reeves is in the film for a second, I was like, "No wonder I thought of his those bloody films." You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, but yeah, check out that gif, everyone, if you uh, if you can, if you can find it online. If you own the film, we're on, we're on live. Um, you know what they should have just done? You know what they did with Lawrence Olivier um, for Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow? They should have just done that. I didn't even know. They, they should have just. I didn't even know that's a reveal, didn't it? Yeah, neither no, did I. No, actually. Oh, see, so yeah, Sky Captain in the Mode of Tomorrow. They, but once you say they should have just CGI'd Christopher Reeve's face on um, Henry Cavill's body. Fuck <laughs> 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 it. Oh, man. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, so it's fair to say Man of Steel fell a bit flat with uh, all three of us. Um, it was a pretty pretty successful. It was a modest success um, for Warner Brothers at the box office. It did reasonably well. Um, it didn't go down so well with the critics, um, which is kind of a theme that's going to be covering up with, with some of the other films we're going to talk about. Um, yeah, it didn't go down so well with them, um, but it was you know a, a, a moderate success. And they, what they did within the movie was add a few little Easter eggs and things like that for um, the fans to kind of hint that they were going to um, include some other characters in in future movies. And sure enough, um, we found out later on that um, the plan was for them to actually expand and build a, a cinematic universe. Um, full of the DC characters and and um, interconnecting films and so on. So after Batman v Superman, uh, sorry, after Man of Steel, we've got Batman v Superman, which is uh, the next movie we're going to talk about. Um, now this is a movie that evokes a lot of strong emotions. Um, it is very very divisive to say the least. Um, <laughs> I spent last night watching the uh, Ultimate Edition, um, or Extended Edition, or whatever it is they, they want to call it, I, I don't know, um, which is about three hours long, just a shy of three hours, um, and adds uh, some scenes to the theatrical cut of the film, because the theatrical cut of the film was uh, cut uh, to about two hours and 30 minutes by Warner Brothers executives. Um, partly because they felt the film was too long um, and partly because they felt certain scenes just didn't work. Um, I watched the Ultimate Edition as said and it made no difference to me whatsoever in terms of A, my opinion of the film, B, my understanding of the film and C, the overall flow and experience of it. Um, I think that Batman v Superman is quite possibly the worst film that I've seen this year. Uh, I was trying to think of other examples of things that I've seen, um, personally seen this year, uh, and really I couldn't come up with much else that I've actually seen that I thought, yeah, was worse than that. Um, 
gents, I imagine this one is going to be uh, nasty. <laughs> so pull your gloves off and do your worst, man. Um, Alvin, Batman v Superman. Uh, what did you make of the movie when you saw it? Uh, when I actually saw the what the ultimate cut or the theatrical edition? Um, well, you can go with uh, the theatrical edition first, and then okay. Well, the theatrical. I, unfortunately for me, like I could tell what was going to happen in the entire movie, so it was just me sat in a cinema waiting for things to happen and waiting for a fight to kick off. Like I knew that at some point Lex was going to control Superman somehow. I didn't think it would be his mum that it would use to control him, but I knew he was going to control him some way in order for him to fight Batman. I knew that Lex was going to be behind, be behind whatever scheme was going on all that. It was all just obvious, so it was just me sat in the cinema for two and a half hours waiting. And it was boring mostly, apart from a few bits of good action, and obviously when Batman comes in and kicks some ass in a warehouse, wicked. It's, there's some little good bits in there, but it's few and far between. It's almost like they save all the action to the very end, and then they just did like 45 minutes of just like, like punching, kicking, slashing, whatever, and all. They just saved pretty much all of the action till the end. That isn't. It wasn't a smart thing to do, because it bec it almost becomes too much. Although those action scenes are, are where the film comes alive and stops being boring. Okay. Mm, mm. Yeah. Um. I mean, I can't disagree with anything you've said there, really. Um, except from my point of view, like a lot of the action scenes were boring, frankly, apart from, as um, said, the Batman warehouse scene. Uh, that one was really good. Um, but again, watching it last night, I was just like, Jesus Christ, you just get on with it. There's just so much exposition. I mean... I know that they, they they tried to set the groundwork down for this expanded universe, and so you know there's a lot of things they want to get on with, but you know you don't do that at the expense of of basic storytelling and keeping people interested in the plot of your movie because this is ultimately just a movie. It's not a three and a half hour commercial for what you're going to do. It is a movie, so you need to entertain people and tell them what this character's story is where they start, what they go through in the middle, and how it all ends up. And instead, as I said, you get a three-hour commercial for what they're planning to do with the, the DC Universe. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, there's there's no humour. It's just dour as hell. Um, none of the characters are really that charismatic, say, uh, apart from Batman. Batman's um, interpretation by Ben Affleck was really enjoyable for me. Um, and Wonder Woman, I think, um, Gal Gadot did really well, um, given how limited she is as an, as an actor. Um, she actually did quite well with, with what she did. In fact, she did really well. Um, but aside from that, it just, oh, God, it's, it's awful. Rich, save me, man. Save me before I start cursing, please. Okay. Yeah. Am I still here? Can you, still, you guys still hear me? Yep. Can yeah. you still hear you, bro? Okay, cool. Can you still hear me now? Yep. No, can you hear me? Yeah, we can yeah. hear you. Okay, cool. All right. Um, you know what? I, remember, I, I mean, I, I was the same as Alvin. Like, I remember sitting in the cinema and saying, okay, cool, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. And Jay, you know, me and you saw, saw the film in the cinema together with the three of our other friends. And um, I just remember people around us, and I've never experienced this before, but I remember people sitting behind us, you know, beside us, in front of us. And I remember people just scratching their heads going like, what's going on? Like, you heard people saying it, like, 
what the fuck is this? Like, what's what's happening? Blah blah blah. It was just it was just put together so poorly. It it was it was actually upsetting, like generally upsetting. Um, that that's the first thing. The when they started talking about this, you know, um, you know, special edition cut. I remember Jay. I remember I went to you. I was like, oh my god, like special edition, like maybe because it's Zack Snyder. We're gonna get, you know, we're gonna get a bit more of like, like some rocking. And I remember you said to me like, nah, nah, it's just gonna be more, some more exposition to try and expand on the plot. I was like, fuck it, I'm not buying that. <laughs> so, unlike you suckers, I didn't sit down and watch the three-hour cut. What I did is that when I first heard that, I just went onto YouTube and watched the, and watched the clips there. And you know what? Lo and behold, guess what? They made no fucking difference. <laughs> yeah. So, there was that. Um. The film itself, you know what it is. Now, you know, like, like, um, like we've said before, this film boils down ultimately to what it says in the title: Batman versus Superman. So, so it, essentially, you could you, you could compare it to, let's say, like, a, we know one of those really, really bad kung fu flicks, where like from the seventies, where the kung fu flick is like an hour and a half, and you literally have to watch through like you know really, really bad dubbing and like really, really like you know lackluster type of story until you see you know. The, the hero and the villain fight at the end, and the choreography is just you know balls to the wall amazing, and then you know that 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 makes it the worth you know that makes the journey worthwhile. Now, by the time it comes to Batman versus Superman, you've got these two powerhouses that have only just been—I mean, Batman's only just been introduced into this film anyway—and Man of Steel, like you said, like the thing that makes Superman a good thing is that he's not just Superman, you know, he's Clark Kent. We haven't even got that Clark Kent. So already, like, we're just kind of just like, we haven't even got to understand how these characters, you know, are operating. Now, when you go to the original source of The Dark Knight Strikes Back, what makes that fight between Batman and Superman amazing is the internal monologue. Now, because we know how these characters are, what type of, what, what these characters are like, like I said, with each, of these, with each of these characters that have been put on screen, we've always had some form of interpretation of them, of how, they, of how they're being portrayed. So, for example, Michael Keaton, you've got Batman, and he plays crazy Bruce Wayne Batman. That was his shtick. Then you've got, like, you know, you know, um, you know Christian Bale, you know, I just call him, because I'm not a fan of his, I'm just calling him Husky Boys Batman, yeah? Then you've got Adam West, who's campy Batman, who's, like, super smart, intelligent, but, you know, set in the 60s, you know, psychedelic, you know, peace, love, and all of that stuff. And, but with the Dark Knight Strikes Back, like, you, you've, you've got this build-up of, like, the, the toll of being Batman, what, it, what, it, what it's done to Bruce Wayne, and how he's become this gruff guy, and the reason why he's so angry and, and does what he does. And on the other hand, you've got Superman, and, you've, and you know, he, he's, he's fighting against, you know, he's fighting against what he truly believes in because Lex Luthor has finally got the upper hand on him. So you've got this build-up of the reason why these guys are like how they are. You know, they, they, even though you might not see it, you, 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 they've, they've given you enough backstory to show you or to tell you or explain to you what's happened in the years that have gone by. So when it comes to the internal monologue, when they're fighting, and then you can hear Batman saying, like, yeah, you know, oh, I just cracked the rib. Oh, that, that felt fucking amazing. Like, he's loving it. Like, he, he's going out like, a, like one of those soldiers who, who's ready, who's saying this is a good day to die and I'm going to Valhalla. When you get that in this film, you don't feel anything. And it's the same thing, it's the same problem that you had with Man of Steel. You can't identify with these characters. Like, they, they just look pretty on screen. So come by the time when it comes to that fight scene, it's just like, I don't, you don't care. That's first and foremost. Second thing, you know that Batman's not going to kill Superman, and Superman's not going to kill Batman. So you know how that fight's going to end up. It's going to be like one of those fucking 
um, comic book covers from the from the seventies. Remember, Jay, always making fun of him. Where what happens on the front cover isn't what happens inside the comic book. Where there's like, oh my God, Benjamin, you've killed Reed Richards. Like, what are we gonna do? And it's like, ah, well, he asked for it. And then you read the inside of the magazine, and you find out that Magneto has been defeated by wooden guns. Like, so many different types of stories. Like, it's just bullshit, you know. So the only piece of like action that really, really got me or or kept me entertained throughout the film because I thought the plot was just pants was the warehouse fight with Batman against the goons. And the thing is, you've got you give or take, like the trailer itself, and like we've discussed already, the fight scene in the warehouse, you give or take, see the whole you give or take, see the whole thing in a tra- in the trailer anyway. And so, like you know, it, it was just blur. Wonder Woman was probably the only good thing in it for me. Who kind of I wouldn't even say saved it because Batman vs Superman I wouldn't even try and watch it now, but she she was entertaining and she was she was literally a breath of fresh air. Everybody else was just like, yeah, Lois Lane, listen like that 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 was a waste of a character. Margot Kidder so far and even Terry Hatcher have been amazing Lois Lanes like very very strong female characters. This Lois Lane is just like what what did she do? She gets in a bath and Clark jumps in with her, and then she gets trapped underneath some rocks. She don't do shit for the film, man. Like she doesn't do anything. Um, Jesse Eisenberg as, as Lex Luthor. Jesse Eisenberg. It is Jesse Eisenberg that plays him, right? Is yeah, it Jesse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, I get Jesse Eisenberg and Mark Sierra. I get, I get them mixed up. I reckon they're, I reckon they're from the same gene pool thing that Lex Luthor actually uses in, in Man of Steel to, to clone <laughs> to clone Doomsday because Mark Sierra and Jesse Eisenberg. I think they went to the same acting school, but um. It's it's just another film that just that, that just looks good, but like I said, it is the, is the Zack Snyder way. That's it. Like it it doesn't bring any. It, it brings nothing to me, man. Like my heart is beating right now. I want to go out and punch somebody in the face. <laughs> like thinking about this film. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Yeah, that's me. I'm sure I could say loads more, but I know we're on the time limit. Um, anybody who wants me, you know, who, who wants to know some more, just just hit me up, man. Like I'll I'll fucking record the four hour monologue about why I don't like Batman vs Superman. But um, yeah, let me just come and calm down. Woosa, woosa. Yeah, Jay, you can Take go. Breath, Whoever's turn it is to go, man. You can go, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take a deep breath. I mean, you, uh, as you said, you you covered the the gamut there again, really. And it's like, gee, I mean, it's the plot as well. The plot is so stupid and boneheaded. Um, I don't know what what movie Jesse Eisenberg is in because he's in a different movie to everybody else with that performance. Um, it oh god! And I said the Ultimate Edition just adds nothing. It, all it does is gives you loads more exposition, and that's it. Like it really does nothing for the characters. Superman is an absolute dick in this film. He's a dick. That's what he is, and it's like. Why are we supposed to care? What just because he's Superman, we're going to care that 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 Superman and Batman are fighting? No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> okay, we've already had like crappy films with beloved superheroes in them that nobody gives a shit about, and they don't give a shit because the film is crap. So you can't just get away with shoehorning people into movies um, and hope that everybody likes it because hey, it's it's this guy. Everybody loves this guy, right? No, you kind of have to give them the story. But anyway, we've, we've spent enough time on Batman v Superman, and that film really pisses me off. So let's move on. <laughs> so we're back at uh, Suicide Squad. Um, gents, a couple things that uh, I wanted to get from you, really. Um, one, 
what do you think about the film's place within the DCU? We've kind of covered um, what we thought of the movie, but I was thinking more in terms of um, from a storytelling point of view. Um, two, would you be excited to see a Suicide Squad sequel? And three, who would you want in the sequel? Um, doesn't have to be long answers, as I said, just keep it brief, but just to kind of give a, a sense of, of where um, that film places itself within uh, what Warner Brothers are doing. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, Rich, you want to go? Yeah, cool. Um, Suicide Squad, okay. You know, would I, would I go and see a sequel? I, I think I would. I would go and see a sequel to it. You know, you know what it is. You know, the Suicide Squad, even though it's meant to be like you know, like the, the like the summer blockbuster film, I, I put it on. I put it in the same league as the Expendables film, whereas like you know what you're getting. Like you know, like it, it, it's like it's you know you're not you're not you're not getting like grade A. You know, grade A. You know, like prime beef. You're not getting that, that prime steak. You're getting decent steak. You know, you know, like you're getting taste of difference from like Sainsbury's, or maybe just a bit lower. And and it's and it's good. To, it's good enough to cook and and, and eat. <laughs> so I I think that works. So that's why like when I came out of the film and and I and I saw the flaws that I had, why I wasn't upset because they're not meant to be like the forerunners of the DC universe. So I'll I'll give it a blight and you know I'll give it I'll give it a pass and and you can tell that in the amount of stars that it has. I mean like obviously it has like Will Smith in it. And he's probably the biggest star. Jared Leto, depending on you know who you are, you can consider him like a major star. I mean, like I know some people that will listen to his music that he makes of Thirty Seconds to Mars, but won't see his films, and vice versa. So he's a bit fifty-fifty. It's only because he's playing the Joker that he got a bit of star billing because the Joker is such a beloved villain or a beloved character. And then Margot Robbie, I mean, obviously with her playing Harley Quinn, who's like you know extremely like you know um, popular at the moment well not at the moment but like for, the, for quite some time now that kind of helped propel the film as well but it still could have been a film that didn't actually have any A-listers, A-listers in it and it still would have done you know still would have done you know performed the job just as well for me personally um, so, I, so I would see sequel because I think it, what you get on the what you get in a packet even though they kind of lied with the marketing you still get the feeling that you know I haven't been duped too much let's say let's say compared to Man of Steel or Batman versus Superman where they, you know, where they claim to give you this, you know, this clash of the titans. Nah, you're chatting shit. You're lying. Yeah. Um, where it sits in the more in the DC universe, I personally think that they actually could have released this film first, or at least, let's say, after let's say, like Man of Steel. I, I, I think that where where it sits, they really could have just used this just to open up that, the, you know, the metahumans in the world. And then brought in everything else, and maybe even still keep like the cameos, like kept the cameo of Superman of Batman in it, kept the cameo of Flash in it, mentioned Superman in it, but obviously like maybe would have changed the story of like he doesn't die because I would have said it before Batman versus Superman, and that, I think that would have really really just kept fans just salivating and be like oh yeah like this is this is amazing, and then you know what I would have done, and then at the end I would have had like a, a cameo by Bruce Wayne talking to Amanda Waller, spoiler if anybody hasn't seen it, and then at the end. I know they're trying to say that they they really don't want to be like Marvel. What I would have done then is then attach the Justice League teaser trailer that they released at San Diego Comic Con at the end of Suicide Squad to really, really get people riled up and really, really get people excited. Because by the time you, I mean, with that trailer released and by the time you watch Suicide Squad and you see the cameos in it, you're kind of just like, meh, like I know what's coming. I mean, I mean the, the best example I've ever seen was when, um, when I watched um, The Matrix Reloaded. 
and you stay past the credits, and then, and it shows the, the 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 trailer for the Matrix Revolutions, which ended up being a shit film anyway. But it was just like, wow, like this is something to look forward to. They didn't release that trailer until the trailer until the film itself was released. It's the same thing for Back to the Future 2. I remember that I think at the end of Back to the Future 2, they gave the trailer at the end of the film for Back to the Future Part 3. Like, keep the audience engaged. You know, like, try attack us on all fronts to make us want to invest in this thing. Don't just start throwing stuff out just because you think we're going to follow. Because, like, now, the, the buzz is gone. The buzz is completely gone. Like, we've got these trailers for, like, you know, the Netflix Marvel TV series happening. Although they might not be, like, stupidly linked to, like, the TV and um, to, like, the films. We, um, you know, but they, they still are. They still keep us invested in in this in this universe. So they release that specific points. Whereas like with DC, I think they once again they they're crapping themselves, and they're just chucking everything at us, you know, in one go. And at that point, I mean, when you keep on doing that and they keep on releasing nonsense, people are just gonna zone out. That's my opinion. But the Suicide film as as a as as a standalone and where it sits in the DC expanded universe, I think it sits pretty well and it sits a lot stronger and a lot tighter than the two main films that they've released. Who they you know in which they're using you know their their money makers or, or you know or two thirds of like the Holy Trinity as they're called. Um. So so that's me. And I've sp- spoken so much I got cramp in my foot. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. So yeah. The, that's um. Did I answer the questions? Cause I, I kind of went off on yeah. a tangent. Yeah, okay. that's alright. We we know how you roll, man. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's cool. Um, Alvin, so um, what did you think about the where the position of the film was and and kind of where they they're going with it and um, is it a good place to kind of maybe because um, I've heard this phrase banded around about the DCEU a little bit um, course correction. So was it a good film to do course correction for them to kind of steer the the universe in a in a different direction and away from the stinking steaming pile of dung that is behind it, um, or does it get bogged down in that? And what character would you want to see in a, a sequel if you were to go and see one? Yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> well, when when it kicked off, the whole kind of like mention of Superman's dead and all that kind of business, and that guy holding a t-shirt with the Superman logo and then turning it around and it says remember or something like that on the back. I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. You know what I mean? A world about Superman, so therefore they need to create this this team that can do things, that can handle kind of threats and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think it kind of, um, kind of went in quite nicely. Um, but it's to, and it's like a nice little hub, like I describe it as, because like you said, the Batman cameo, they could have had other cameos from. Well, they did have one other cameo from a, a, a different, a different hero, the Flash. Um, but they could have done, they could have done a bit more of that because for each of the different villains. Um, but they probably didn't have the time to. Um, but no, it could be if they did a sequel. Um, it could be an interesting way to kind of get more villains in there and get their backstories in and get what what um, what heroes those roles are connected to and all that kind of thing. I don't know. It's it's in, it's in a weird position because it's. It can be its own thing, but it's also technically kind of standalone. You don't have to have seen Batman v Superman to really know what what's going on. Or Man of Steel. All you need to know is that Batman's dead, and Amanda Waller tells you that. Oh, sorry, Superman's dead, and Amanda Waller tells you that, and then and then that's it. So I'm not sure as to how much I'd like uh, either this one or a sequel to kind of really connect out wider to a wider kind of story involving 
the rest of the DCEU. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, in terms of characters, I'd like to see for the next one, if they do a next one, uh, I'd want King Shark in there um, to replace Killer Croc. And apart from that, I don't, I don't, I don't know who else I'd want to see, really. It's weird. I mean, <sighs> they have a choice as to whether they want to go for villains that people don't know or kind of like more kind of obvious choices from maybe perhaps Batman's Rogues Gallery perhaps or something that's sort of like that and put those characters in there. Hmm. Cool. Well, for my character, I know who I want. I want Bronze Tiger. Why? Because he's a black man with a black headband, bitch. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) He's a black man with a what? (laughs) With a black headband. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, you guys kind of covered it, really. Um, in terms of uh, where the film is positioned, I think it's positioned quite nicely in the sense that um, it's standalone enough for it to be kind of its own thing, um, but there's still enough uh, connective tissue in terms of intersecting characters and, and plots for it to still feel um, like part of a wider uh, universe. Um whether I'd go to see a sequel or not depends on whether Warner Brothers decide they're going to cut another version of the film behind their filmmakers' back, as they usually do. Um, <laughs> for those who don't know, there, there was a story that, that broke um, earlier in the week in The Hollywood Reporter that was saying that there are actually two versions of this film. Um, there was an original version by the director, David Ayer, um, which was supposed to be a bit darker and a bit grittier um, than the one that we got uh, in the cinema. Um, apparently, Warner execs weren't too comfortable with what they were seeing and decided that they were going to get somebody in who could lighten the tone. So the rumor is that the film was passed on to the same company who made the Suicide Squad trailers um, called the, the Trailer Park, I think it's called. Um, yeah. And they were the ones who, who actually cut um, this theatrical uh, film to, together. Whether we're going to get like an ultimate edition like Batman v Superman, I don't know. Um, I doubt it because I don't think there's. It, it's just not the train wreck that Batman v Superman was. So mm. I don't think there's necessarily um, any need to to do that to to kind of um, correct. Uh, the course with with that, but yeah, um, one thing that DC, sorry, not DC, Warner Brothers needs to do is to have a little bit of faith in their filmmakers because they seem to be getting cold feet every time, um, and as a result of it, it, it ends up with a movie that's a mess. Um, you know, we've seen the evidence of that from Batman v Superman, and it's like they haven't learned their lesson, so they've gone meddling again in Suicide Squad, and we've got a film that's quite divisive again, and it's like, you know, just let the filmmaker do their thing, um, and then just trust their vision, and, and hopefully what they'll come out with on the other end will be something that you'll feel uh, confident about. So, Warner's executives, I'm talking directly to you, stop pissing about. Okay. <laughs> um... So from uh, there we have Wonder Woman, which is uh, coming next year. Um, We've kind of talked a lot. I don't think we necessarily need to go into Wonder Woman too much because we talked a lot about that in the previous podcast. Um, So people watching, if you do want to know what we think of uh, Wonder Woman and what we thought of the trailer and what we think of of where that's going, you can kind of um, click onto the previous podcast episode, podcast episode four. Um, We discussed that in detail there. And we were pretty clear about where we thought it was going. But um, 
just in terms of whether you're excited or not for it or you're hopeful for it um, on the basis of what we've seen so far, um, what do you think, guys? Um, Alva, are you excited for Wonder Woman? Are you looking forward to it? Are you, you have reservations now? Um, where do you stand with it? I'm not excited, um, but I am looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Uh, it does look actiony, and hopefully it will be... Um, I wouldn't say more generic, but more kind of just familiar with like what we expect from these kind of films, um, having a beginning, middle and end, and a decent story, and actually some colour in the film would be nice, and it looks like there may be all of those things, and also there's hot Amazonians as well, so I'm down with that. So yeah, it looks decent, man. Like I just, I just hope it is more in tune with with what the audience want, because they they've not been in tune with this at all, if you ask me. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you about the film. Let's please get rid of that washed-out palette as well that they mm. keep using for all of these films. It, it just does no justice to the costumes at all. Um, Rich, Wonder Woman, uh, excited, kind of have some trepidation or some doubts? Where, where do you stand on it? No, stupid, stupidly excited, like just for the simple fact that like I said, you know, we've never really seen Wonder Woman on screen. Well, we've never seen Wonder Woman as a movie, unless it's been a TV movie or a TV series. And um, I'm just, yeah, I'm just really excited, like, to just have, like, a, a strong female character like her, you know. It, I mean, it, let's put it this way. If, if they were going to make a, a, a superhero film female-wise, like, an, on screen, then you've got to use the original. So, you know, so that's a Wonder Woman's a no-brainer. That, that's first and foremost. Um... Uh, yeah, I'm just ex- I'm really excited about how she's going to be portrayed, especially in a period uh, when you know when women really really aren't seen as equal to men. I mean, they they do that whole little trailer thing, that joke in the trailer, when you know he when she Wonder Woman or Diana Prince, whoever you want to call her, finds out that um that Steve Trevor has a secretary, and you know back then you know secretaries were always known were, were, were from from what I know history wise were always women. It was a, so you know, um so it, it'll be it'll be a good little. Uh, little eye opener, um, especially knowing that it's set in the past and how things will change from that point onwards. The reason, the main reason why I'm really excited about it is because I'm hoping that this is going to be uh, the the link, as in uh, you know, for the, for the rest of the DC universe, you know, to to expand a bit more. Like I've already told you, I generally think this is going to be their their Captain America. So you know, you've got like all these superheroes in in the Marvel universe, you know. Uh, battling their villains and you know ultimately all heading towards this whole thing where they're going to fight against Loki who has the Tesseract in you know in the Avengers but then the thing about Captain America is that Captain America essentially was almost like the the, the, the lost piece of the puzzle that linked everything together so, and I remember watching the, the trailer for Wonder Woman and them um, and them covering the mother box and then seeing Nazis and I know that I'm sure that in, in the DC universe at some point the Nazis yeah, not Nazis you know, bro Oh, what, what, who were they? It was World War One, so it was uh, the Kaiser's forces. I can't remember okay. what they now. But, but okay. Yeah, the, the quote-unquote bad so people. You're yeah? going to get criticisms <laughs> all over yeah. you if you start saying things. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So, so, yeah, so you know what? In fact, you know, in fact, Jay, you're right. So I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put it out there and like, listen. If I've offended any Nazis out there, <laughs> like, like, apologies, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but but uh, but I like that thing because the thing I'm I'm hoping that Captain, as I was saying like that Wonder Woman would be their version of Captain America and link everything with the Mother Box and whoever the bad guys are and I'm sure that in some way or another they're going to be you know tied to let's say maybe trying to bring Dark Side you know you know to to this world um, 
that will give it some form of focus for the DC universe. Because right now, that's that's the thing. I think that's the main thing that's missing from the DC expanded universe. There's no big bad for anybody to be aiming at. And there, and not, and don't get me wrong. And I'm gonna keep on comparing them to Marvel because Marvel have done a good job. Don't get me wrong with the whole Marvel thing. It wasn't until a few good films in that they started bringing in this big bad, right? And uh, and then you got exposed to the real big bad at the, at the end of Avengers. But everybody had their own standalone film. Now with these, now with the DC universe, you've got Man of Steel, and before they've even done a Man of Steel sequel, you've got Batman vs Superman. So already you're bringing in your heavy hitters, and then straight from there you're bringing in like another heavy hitter, and then a big, and then a big group team, um, film. So you're like they they're skipping out quite a lot of I think character and you know universe build up, which I think it needs. So hopefully with the way how Wonder Woman's going to be set up, hopefully that's going to fill in a lot of the blanks and uh, and you know and push things open. And I think that's a bit ironic as well because I think if you think about it, you know they always say like if you need a job done properly, you know let a woman do it. Then, then yeah, then I think the Wonder Woman's the person that, or the character, or the film that's going to pull it off, and maybe you know take them to the you know to the to the right direction. So yeah, in uh, in a nutshell, I'm I'm very, I'm very excited. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm I mean looking forward to it too. Patty Jenkins is a really good director. The the person in charge of that, she was supposed to do for the Dark World, um, and I wish she did do it to be honest. But um, yeah, I'm really really looking forward to it in, in spite of all the missteps that, that uh, Warner Brothers have made with the DCEU so far I feel very comfortable um, as I mentioned in the previous podcast episode I, I wasn't that convinced by Gal Gadot at all when she was announced as Wonder Woman but um, she's really sold me on the character um, the trailer looks fantastic so yep, fingers crossed everything's going to work out with that oh, sorry. Uh, one, one more thing sorry you know what else I'm really excited about the Wonder Woman film that fucking song. Just play that song. <laughs> play that Wonder Woman song. I don't. I don't care. Drums kick in I don't care. What's that? When the drums kick in and all that and that guitar. Yeah, 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 yeah. That. Yeah, you know what song we talk about. That yeah. song. I don't. You don't know. Everybody knows that song. I don't care what the scene of the film. What scene of the film it is. What scene it is in the film. I don't care if it's a love scene. If it's an emotional <laughs> scene. If it's the end. It's the beginning. Play that fucking song, and I'll be happy. That's it, man. That song is epic, man. So that that's that's the last thing I'll say about the one woman film. Okay, cool. Well, uh, we've only got a brief bit of time left, lads. So let's um, crack on with these because we've still got a few films to cover. Um, so we've got the uh, sorry, just let me have a look at my list here. Yeah, so we've got Justice League, um, which is due on November the seventeenth. Um, Justice League, what do you think about Justice League? Um, excited or not? And really keep it brief, Richard. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, call me out like that. Um, am I excited for it? Yes. Do I have a lot of faith in it? Unfortunately not, because number one, Zack Snyder's directing it, and number two, they're going to be bringing in quite a few characters who are char- I mean, who are larger than life characters in themselves anyway. I mean, they, these aren't like side bit characters, you know. These are characters that, or comic book characters that have their own comic book. Flash has his own comic book. Cyborg has his own comic book. Aquaman has his own comic book. These are characters that haven't even yet been fully introduced uh, for us to get to know them by themselves, and they're going to be put into this, you know, into this film as a group. I think that that's a, that's a lot of work to do. And like I said, with somebody like like Zack Snyder directing it, can it be pulled off? I don't think so. But um, you know, you know, you know, stranger, stranger things have happened. Let's put it that way. So um, 
How's that for brief? I think that's pretty fucking brief. I think that was pretty good for me. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for me, nah, I'm I'm kind of like, you know, it it doesn't. It doesn't look bad. Um, again, you know, the the it wasn't even really a trailer we got. It was more just kind of teaser footage, I guess. Um, the footage looks okay. Um, you know, Aquaman looks tops in it. Um, the Flash looks alright, um, but I'm very reticent about it because of, if you said because of Zack Snyder, really sorry, but I've just I think I've really lost faith in. Anything he's involved in now, um, so yeah, I'm kind of on the fence with with Justice League. Uh, Alvin, you excited? Uh, no, I'm not excited. Uh, I, I'm gonna go see it, obviously. Um, it looks visually, it looks decent, but tone tone for me, the tone is a bit like like they've jumped kind of. It's like they've tried to match Marvel with the tone almost. That's how it feels like to me. Uh, I wish you can keep your darkness. And you can have humor with darkness, but you don't have to jump in completely into the light. You know what I mean? And also almost make it PG, for example. Um, but I don't know. It was weird for me tonally. It was just odd, but it, it looks decent at least. So no, I'm not excited. But yeah, I'm gonna go see it. Cool, cool, fair enough. Um, all right. Can I, can I just say something quickly about what Alvin? You see what you just said about that whole line about keep the darkness but jump into the light. That, that was actually really beautiful, and I really believe that I think you should have actually said it like how Bane says it in the, <laughs> in the Dark Knight Rises. Just <laughs> jump into the light. <laughs> you don't have to do too much humor. <laughs> Make it PG. <laughs> Marvel did it better. <laughs> Oh my goodness! All right. <laughs> so um, from this point, from Justice League, there's a, a a number of films that have been slated for release. Um, obviously, because it's way off in the future, they're still at pre-production stage. So we you know, there's not really that much to say, um, other than uh, you know, Flash. We have a director for. We have uh, Rick Famuyiwa. Um, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, I hope it is. If if I butchered your name, I'm sorry, brother. That's that's my bad. But um, he's the guy. Uh, most recently, he did uh, the movie Dope. Um, the, oh, that me and, and yeah, uh, Richard and I had seen it quite recently, and we're, we're discussing that. But um, he's the person who's going to be uh, directing the Flash, and then obviously we have Ezra Miller in in the lead role for that. And they're still sort of at casting stages with that. Um, Aquaman comes after that on July the twenty seventh, twenty eighteen. Um, yeah, I have James Wan in place for that, the guy who's behind the Saw franchise, did the last uh, Fast and Furious movie, um, very well known, very respected in, in Hollywood, um, and quite interesting uh, director from a visual point of view as well, and the kind of visuals mm. he can deliver. Um, so he's an interesting choice. Uh, October the 5th, 2018 is an untitled movie. Um, I think everybody kind of knows by now it's going to be The Batman. But, um, yeah, they, they haven't officially confirmed anything yet, so we don't know about that. Uh, after that, <coughs> April 5th, 2019 is Shazam, 
Um, that is a whole can of worms right there because what they're doing with Shazam, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but Shazam has actually been moved off of the production slate at Warner Brothers. Wow, it's actually been really? moved over to New Line Productions. Um, now, New Line obviously are owned by Warner Brothers, um, but the fact that Warner Brothers have moved it away from um, their main production, I don't know what that says about you know what their plans are for the character and for the movie. Yeah. But yeah. New Line is definitely a lot smaller scale than, than Warner Brothers, a lot more smaller scale. Um, so yeah, make of that <laughs> what you will. We can speculate away about that. Um, June 14th, uh, of that year, we have Justice League Part 2, so I guess whatever happens in Part 1, they're going to be following on from that. Uh, November the 1st, 2019, there is an untitled film um, that we have no title for as yet. Um, any guesses as to what Man that might be? Yep, probably Man of Steel 2. We did get an announcement that they are going into um, pre-production on Man of Steel 2. So the likelihood is it, it probably is going to be a Man of Steel sequel. Hopefully by then, please, if there is a God in heaven, please let Zack Snyder not be involved in this one. Thank you very much. Uh, and April the 3rd, 2020, is when we get a Cyborg movie. Um, and then rounding it up for this point is June 19th, 2020, is when we have a Green Lantern Corps movie. Um, <laughs> So, guys, out of these um, remaining movies, is there any one that sticks out to you for any reason? Um, and what is that reason, if there is one? Um, the, the Shazam movie. Cool. Yeah. Why Shazam? I, I, well, I think uh, I, I think I, I mean to, to move it away would would be would, would it could work. I mean, I mean, you could make it like a, a really really like PG friendly type of film for kids. Um, and it kind of stands out because I think that in another alternate reality, you know, I'm, I'm like that. So like, let's say like we're not the Earth six one six. Like let's say we're Earth like seven four one. Like, but in another reality, the Shazam movie is actually a reboot of Kazam starring Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> and that's the shit I want to see right there, bro. <laughs> that's so, this, big that shot, right baby, there. Big that's shot. right there. Big shot, baby. Doing the Harlem Shuffle in that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, Sh no Shazam, because um, I think the thing about Shazam is that obviously the whole history behind it and how, you know, originally when a character was created and how they went to war with DC and everything and how, like, you know, DC basically ended up shafting the, the company that owns Shazam and then buying the character of Shazam. Um, so I'd really like to see where he sits in, in, in you know, in, in, in the film anyway, because he is that, you know, the boy who becomes a superhero, who becomes a man. So I'd like to see how that's going to be dealt with. Is it going to be dealt with, you know, CGI-wise? Are they generally going to have, like, a little kid playing the boy and then, you know, then a man playing the Shazam? And then also there's always this rumor of, like, um, The Rock playing Black Adam. Is Black Adam going to be a part of this? I don't know. I'd, I'd like to maybe the reason I'm – the other thing I'm excited about it before, for is, well, is because um, maybe this might be uh, an open to uh, a slightly smaller – DC side universe, um, side to the universe. Whereas, like, even though the Marvel DC, uh, the Marvel TV shows are part of like the, the the Marvel universe, they're still very much contained in their own little story. So maybe that's what I'd like to see happen with Shazam. So that's why I'm excited about that. And I think he's never really been shown the the props he deserves because he was generally a, a better character than Superman in the beginning, uh, and then like I said, got shafted. So uh, that's why I'd like. I'm excited about that. Cool, cool. Um, Alvin, any one of them 
I'm not. I mean, the Flash, uh, like the show's been doing really well. So like, if they don't pull off this film, it'll just be like, what the fuck? It'll be like, what the hell? You're telling me you can do this all on TV and make this wicked show and this wicked character make Flash really interesting? We can't do that in the film. But the one that I'm kind of, it's not even that. It's hard because I'm not like looking forward to any of these. It's like I'll go and see him, but I'm not like super excited, but I think the most interesting one on the list for me will either really be the Batman one, because it's fucking Batman, in it, or Green Lantern Corps, merely because I hope that they learn their freaking lesson and understand that when you do Green Lantern, he's a space policeman. Just do fucking space police, this time around have good CGI, don't CGI the suit, fucking have all the various different lanterns in there. If you want to throw in Fucking um, what's his name? Uh, if you want to throw in any of the other lanterns that've been apart from Hal Jordan, John Stewart, uh, Guy Gardner, uh, Kyle Rayner, throw them all in. Mm. I don't care. But make the film fucking good. Make it all set in space. Have it be fucking cool. Kind of like in a similar fashion to the way they did uh, Nova Corps in uh, in Guardians. Just yeah. just focus on that shit. Focus on that. Don't have him coming back to Earth and fucking. Fucking, fucking making springs to fucking fly a tank into the air or whatever. Don't do that shit. Have him fight aliens and have the aliens be good. Don't have it be shit CGI like it was in the previous one. But yeah, Green Lightning Core looks like it could be interesting if you stick to the fucking sci-fi and have it be cosmic. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's what I've got to do. Stick to the space shit and have cool space shit. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Fair enough, fair enough. Good points made. Um, for me, the one that stands out is Cyborg, because I'm looking at that and I'm like... Why? Why, yeah. <laughs> Why I mean, I, I'm sorry if I'm offending any Cyborg fans here. Um, I should explain. Cyborg is, is not really a character I've ever kind of connected with in any way. Mm. Um, even when I, you know, even when I was reading sort of like Young Justice um, and Teen Titans, sorry, Teen Titans comics... Um, way, way back when I was young, I, I never really got Cyborg, um, and it was hard for me to kind of feel, feel any, you know, emotional connection with with the character of Victor Stone. Hold on, hold on um, for a second. No, so carry on, carry on. What are you doing, man? Scratching your nuts? <laughs> I think he's disappeared Great. on us for a sec. Yeah. Um, yeah, Victor Stone is is not a character I really kind of connected with it in any way, and um, yeah, he just kind of sticks out like a sore thumb amongst the, the this list of films, and it's way off in 2020. Um, so I guess that's why they've they've kind of gone with with Justice League and tried to put him in Justice League now, so everybody kind of gets used to the character. But still, it's a long way off until the the movie actually um, mm. until he gets his standalone movie. Um, you know, it, I guess if he's popular with audiences, then they can always move the, the the production slate up. But they don't seem to have anybody in place apart from uh, Ray Fisher, the guy who's playing him, um, as far as we know, anyway. Uh, and yeah, it just it just kind of seems like a no choice. Like, I'm not even sure they're going to go ahead with that movie, quite frankly. Um, I, I said I guess a lot will depend on on how audiences respond to him in, in the Justice League, but. Yeah, weird one that one. Uh, so I don't know, but anyway, that is the um, DCEU lineup, um, and that's what we can expect 
uh, coming forward. So, guys, we're going to have to wrap it up because we're, we're running out of time rapidly here. Um, we've actually done quite well tonight. So, <laughs> for those of you who are watching, um, thanks for watching with us. Um, if you're watching this later on on YouTube, then uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, let's, let's quickly... Oh, actually, before we go, um, if you don't mind for five minutes, let's quickly do some questions because we've had a couple. Um, so there was one question uh, that we had a couple of weeks ago and it was from Andrew. Andrew, what's up if you're watching? Um, he was asking uh, about uh, animation and cartoons and politics um, and in particular he was referencing uh, He-Man in that. Um, what do you think about the um, the idea that do comics, uh, uh, sorry not comics, do cartoons um, reflect politics uh, in any way that you guys um, have noticed or has stood out to you? Um, I can think of a couple of examples quickly off the top of my head that, that do, but was there anything for, for you guys that um, that you think is overtly political or has like kind of political undertones to it? Um, wow. Alf, do you want to go? That's uh, that's a pretty deep question. Like, I've never <laughs> thought about it like that way before. I can think of some like well, I can think of at least one cartoon that deals with like kind of uh, well, social well, say social issues, but social things and that. But I, I was just thinking, just popped into my head, just was like GI Joe, because it's it's mm. pro it's pro army. So you know what I mean. Mm. So that's kind of connected to politics in a way because you think of normally someone who's, uh, who's pro-army normally to be quite conservative um, but that that's the only thing that kind of comes to mind really um, is is G.I. Joe really in, in regards to that. I can't really think of anything else politically that, that I've seen but I'm sure I'm sure there's some ones on there that, that probably if you analyse them they're actually quite political mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I think there's plenty that you can kind of list off, really, if you if you look at them um, deeply. I mean, certainly, um, He-Man was always uh, seen as like a, a political allegory for um, like Reagan's uh, America, and and um, because in it came out around the time that that Reagan uh, first came into power, um, and he ushered in the era of sort of you know uh, big business, big capitalism, greed is good. Um, you know the ideas of individualism and and um, the things that are very much at, at the core of American society now. Um, He-Man was always seen as a, a reflection of of that, really. Um, but yeah, it's it's a broad question. I think it's one um, Andrew we're probably going to have to do like a, a good show at. Um, <coughs> so uh, thanks for giving us that. We'll we'll take some time to think about. It. Sorry, Rich, I didn't get your, uh, your uh, input. Nah, do you have any? Um, I've never really thought about it as much, but I mean. Um, uh, the, the one that you said, Alvin, about um, about GI Joe. I mean, like it wasn't even just pro army. I mean, they did it in quite a smart way. I mean, I've never really thought about it just off the top of my head, but um, they did it really smartly because they they made it not just pro army, but like pro America. Yeah. Because like I mean, it's it's probably one of the first cartoons where you literally had like all because like like you said, we all know that you know America is ba is is a country based on immigrants. Uh, you know, coming in and you know you know chasing the American dream. But when you look at G.I. Joe, you had all types of characters in there. You had, like, you know, Chinese, um, Indian, you know, Native American, uh, American, like, you know, it was it was done quite smartly. So so that was a really good shout. Um, and obviously, I think probably the most the most blatant one politically, um, if, the, if this counts, would be um, uh, Ted Turner's fucking Captain Planet. And uh, you know, just trying, you know, just trying to save the planet. That was, I mean, that was a cartoon that was, I think, I said, set up, you know, for, 
you know, you know, to, to make money off toys and computer games and merchandise and stuff like that. But I think the original thing for it generally was to try and spread the word about, you know, you know, being eco-friendly and trying to save the planet, mm-hmm. which I, which I, which I think was quite, quite interesting. Especially when I think, when I look back at it now, there was never really a cartoon that really just rammed it down just as blatantly as that. Like GI Joe did it. But G.I. Joe did it in a smart way, whereas like with Captain Planet, they generally used to give their whole little infomercial things at the end of the episode as well. Um, so yes, when I look back at it, I think that all these cartoons have been slightly and sh- but slowly, but you know, surely, you know, subliminally influencing us. And so um, if I go and do some badness, blame it on fucking Transformers. So, Listen, Transformers yeah. will never make you do anything. <laughs> <laughs> never. If you listen to Optimus Prime's message, okay. you will never do anything bad. <laughs> okay, guys, I, I, guys, I've, I've got to go. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll catch you guys on the next podcast. Um, if you guys can give out my handles and everything, uh, I'd be much appreciated. Cool, uh, cool. But yeah, but, but I got sure. Yeah. Thanks a lot okay. for joining us, Rich. See you okay, later, man. Cool. Okay, it's later, guys. All right, bye. Okay, everyone. Well, um. We've got to the point now where I think uh, we can wrap this up and say goodnight to you all. Um, before I do that, uh, let me quickly also uh, give a couple of shout-outs. Um, first of all, I want to give uh, a big shout-out uh, to two very cool guys um, who run a podcast called Too Uncool. Um, it's really, really funny. Um, really funny, but also very informative as well. They cover like a broad range of, of topics, anything from music to culture um, to sort of understanding yourself and, and, and kind of self-help um, podcasts. Uh, the most recent one I listened to was um, a, a bit about mental health and about poetry and, and how um, those kind of things can be intertwined. Um, but as I said, it's all done with uh, a real real cool sense of, of humor about it as well. Um, so, so Glenn and Massey, big up to them guys. Um, check out their podcast. You can find it on Stitcher, uh, iTunes. They do have a YouTube channel as well, um, so you can click on their YouTube channel to get samples of, of the podcasts that they do. Um, if you want to find them, just look for Two Uncool. So that's number two, and then Uncool. Um, and then also, I wanted to give a quick shout out as well to um, two people who have been kind of following us um, from the beginning. Uh, big shout out to uh, Desmond. Desmond, big up, man. Thanks for the encouragement. Uh, thanks for the advice. Um, we're going to keep it going as long as uh, you can keep watching us. So thanks a lot for that. Um, and to George as well. George has been loyally following us from the beginning. Um, George, you know who you are, man. Uh, big up yourself. Okay, um, Alvin, let's wrap it up, dude. Uh, do you want to um, give a quick plug for anything you're involved in or let people know how they can hit you up? Yeah, you can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Big A. 85GL. And just quickly, apparently they're casting uh, young Lando Calrissian for the young Han Solo movie. Oh, nice. Bloody hell, wow. That, well, breaking news, folks. Breaking news. News flash. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, that, that's, um, that's very interesting. Very mm. interesting. Well, it makes sense, I guess. Obviously, yeah, because if you it know does. The, 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 well, it's pressure, man. Pressure to play those characters. Yeah, yeah, it is big pressure. So um, big boots to fill. So some young actor's going to get uh, a, a real chance there. So hmm, be interesting. So we'll follow that one very closely. Um, thanks for watching, guys. If you want to uh, follow us, um, Richard is uh, available on Instagram. He's at Rich Reviews. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter if you like. Uh, it's at Wulong Talks. Um, very easy to find. Just 
that simple woo long talks that's it nothing fancy about it um, we're also on uh, Instagram at woo long talks as well um, and we do have a Facebook page as well you can hit me up in fact I run the, the Facebook account it's a woo long talks podcast on, on Facebook so just search for that and you'll find me um, any of you DC fanboys that didn't like what we had to say stay away from me um, <laughs> I don't need that drama <laughs> in my life thank you very much uh, and yeah, that's it. Let's wrap this up. So, Alf, uh, if you want to say good night, man, say good night. See you later, everyone. Cool. And it's a good night from me. And on behalf of Richard, I'll say good night as well. Um, he's actually disappeared this week without saying something um, sexually charged. So, wow, <laughs> that's a, that's a <laughs> well done, Rich. <laughs> A sign of progress, if ever there was one. Anyway, we'll see you later, folks. Take care of yourselves and have a great evening. Good night.